welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast. Just three matches left in the 2021 Telstra Premiership season. Two cracking preliminary finals in store for us this weekend. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined, as always, to talk through it all by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, good to see you. Always good to see you. Seiko, I've got a quick question just before we start. Did you feel the earthquake from Melbourne today? <laughs> I uh, No, I had to be... Uh, <laughs> Informed by social media, I didn't I didn't feel any tremors beneath my feet. Because I had just people around me going, I felt it, did you feel it? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, interesting times right now in uh, in both Melbourne and Sydney, but we'll get into that a little bit later with Melbourne. Natural disasters on top of plagues, it's all going well. Uh, Marty Lenahan is also here to talk through some footy. Marty, good to see you. Hey guys, good to be here. No, I didn't feel the tremor either. I've got a lot of friends in Melbourne who had a very uh, scary morning with all of that so uh yeah you got plenty going on down there well some tough times in melbourne hopefully the melbourne storm um can give them something to cheer about we'll talk about them soon but first up the friday night clash between the south sydney rabbitohs and the manly seagulls um alicia i'll start with you probably not the uh the prelim we're expecting uh, a few weeks ago but um certainly a tantalizing clash yeah it sure is and considering um i think you know, South Sydney had a bit of an advantage. They played Penrith a couple of weeks before they ran into Penrith in that first week of the finals, whereas these two teams haven't met um, since, what, way back in round two. So there's absolutely no form guide. Um, looking back at those teams in round two, like you can't even recognise half the players in that side. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a massive battle, obviously. We know South's history, the last three prelims they've lost, so they've got a lot to play for there. And um manly i think bounced back against melbourne which is what we sort of uh were hoping for and expected and um yeah they just showed how dangerous they can be when they when they click an attack that uh, south prelim record i imagine will be the forefront of the minds of a few of their experienced players i heard you were hammering damien cook about it earlier in the week <laughs> yeah um stitched him up a little bit nah he was all right about it um no but you know the, the facts are there that they have lost their last three and and damien cook's been the hooker on every three occasions so he uh I thought he answered himself pretty well um he'll want a big game you know I'm sure um you know to lose one prelim would sting but to lose three on the trot and just know how close you're getting and the question got asked to him around the premiership window you know is it closing for South Sydney um after this year is it now or never for them and um you know looking looking ahead obviously I'm not going to say it's uh it's not but this is a massive opportunity for them to to go out you know, send a lot of those guys off a winner. And I think if they, they lost it this week, it would be pretty, pretty catastrophic for them. Yeah, it certainly would be a, a heartbreaker. Marty, what have you made of this uh, Manly team? Absolutely diabolical the first four rounds of the season. We've talked about that uh, at length, the, um, you know, the turbo-inspired uh, recovery. They haven't, you know, the other probably talking point with them, they haven't really competed well with the uh, the three teams that are left in the competition. Um, obviously not much of a, a form guide, as Alicia said, with uh, with South, but they also haven't really looked too much like beating uh, Penrith or, or Melbourne either. Do you give them a chance of uh, making the grand final from here? Oh, I certainly do, mate. Yeah, I think, look, the, uh, the the flat track bully line that came out elsewhere, that was a bit of an odd one because uh, all rugby league fields are flat tracks. I'm not sure what that was all about. But, uh, <laughs> mate, seriously, I don't think any of that matters now. I'd be more concerned that they got ba- badly beaten by Melbourne in the first week. And, you know, what happened last week is very hard as a form guide because the Roosters just, they hit the wall. It all caught up with them you know, all the injuries, everything that, that worked against the Roosters the whole year, they were blown off the park early, which Manly still had to be good enough to do that. But really, I just don't think you can get a good guide on 
as a semi-final, if you compare it to what happened the, the following night, that, that was a high-pressure game. I don't think Manly would have taken a whole lot out of last week. So, but look, you know, when you get to this stage, when you're in the last four, um, they're absolutely a chance. I mean, they've got the best player in the game at fullback, a guy who's, you know, he's on track to win the, the Dally M in just 15 games, which is just incredible. So they can, they can most certainly win it. What do you make of their preparation? Alicia, a huge loss in week one, then a huge win in week two. They haven't really been having those tough semi-final type grinds that um, the other sides have been having. Yeah, I thought if anything, it's probably worked in their advantage. I mean, they they um, they don't run into Melbourne and Penrith until the grand final. Now they obviously switched onto the other side of the draw. So, not saying that a loss is great in week one, but it's actually worked out quite well for Manly because um, they knew what they had to fix. They come up against Melbourne, they knew what the benchmark was, um, and they fixed their twenty minutes last week. The opening twenty, we, we knew how dominant Melbourne was in that first week, and um, you know, in return, they were just piled on the points against the Roosters, and it pretty much just set them up for the game. So, I know it's cliche, but the start, you know, for both sides in this one is massive because. Um, that's obviously, you know, it shows once you get a few points on the board early, it puts a lot of pressure on the other team to perform. So, um, yeah, I thought they bounced back. They just hit the right notes. And, um, you know, they suddenly that week one finals game against Melbourne is just um, basically in, in the background and they can just focus on this one. Form line of the two uh, number ones. Uh, Marty, obviously, Tommy Turbo, a lot of focus around him being kept quiet by Melbourne. The Roosters obviously failed to do that. He was devastating against them last week. Then Blake Taft back in uh, week one, the Panthers um, bond themselves to distraction, trying to catch the young fella out. He, uh, he dropped the first one and then was pretty much flawless the rest of the night and, and had a huge say in South springing that upset. Yeah, look, I certainly think the way that uh, South Sydney defended a couple of weeks ago against Penrith was... Uh, was phenomenal if they can work that way again, particularly out wide, shut down Dubrovich's influence out there. Then he's going to look. He's going to try and get the ball go up the middle as he's done a lot of, against a lot of other sides. But I think South Sydney would have taken a huge amount of confidence out of that that win over Penrith and the way that they went about it. So they'll have no fear of Turbo. I think he's uh, look. He's he's definitely one of the the most dangerous players in the game at the moment. As for Taff, he was very good. He would have gained a lot of confidence from that game and. He'll be ready for whatever comes at him in terms of the high ball and defensively. So I just feel like South coming off that win and, and having that freshen up, they're going to be uh, extremely hard to beat and confident of, of shutting uh, Turbo down. Alicia, I'm pretty intrigued uh, by the battle of the two number 14s in this one. The uh, the evergreen veteran, uh, Benji Marshall, enjoying a bit of a, a renaissance this year. He's coming on, you know, barring injury, he's coming on sort of in a roving ball playing lock role. And that's exactly what uh, Dylan Walker's doing, who, um, you know, had been having some tough times of his own, but really seems to have found a new lease on life in, in that role himself. Yeah, he was awesome last week. And I think if you go through Manly's lineup, um, one thing Des has been able to do this year is throw a couple of other playmakers you know in we see obviously Josh Schuster there in the back row as well like he's been managed to to and Lock and Croker hooker throw all these sort of halves um makeshift makeshift guys like into positions where like that just smells points to me and I think it's the, the way that sort of coaches are adapting to the new style of the game and speeding up the rock and and uh, obviously looking for points and I think a guy like Dylan getting that opportunity and um, he got on a bit earlier, I think, as well last week compared to that Melbourne game, which, um, you know, obviously it, it just gets him onto the ball straight away. And you see, you know, delivered a couple of pretty decent passes short of line. And then obviously had a couple of line breaks himself and scored a couple of tries. But 
Um, you know, I think Benji was the same. He got on against Penrith just before halftime for Cam Murray and, again, was another sort of link player um, searching for those points. So that 14 role, we sort of, we've spoken about it previously in the past and how much it's just changed over the years. You know, Brandon Smith used to come on for, for, um, and play that lock role and just bulldoze his way, but now you've got Harry Grant there for Melbourne. So I think each year it just changes and... Um, you know, on this occasion, I think Manly are, are benefiting from the fact that Walker can uh, can be that extra playmaker if they need. Ma, you haven't really talked a lot about the uh, the two packs, but a uh, pretty intriguing clash uh, there. A couple of New South Wales origin uh, locks in the two number 13 jerseys, but a lot of guys who aren't necessarily superstars, but doing a pretty good job for their teams. You know, Mark Nichols had a, a great season. Tabita Toll has been really good. You know, Keon Kolomatungi's burst onto the scene. Um, you know, Tom Burgess playing off the bench, but doing wonderful things, probably having a, a career best year for the uh, the Rabbitohs. And then Manny on the other side, obviously Marty Tapao is probably a pretty big name, but there are other middles you know Sean Kepi's been really good they've had you know Paseca and LOA these sort of guys doing a role in the middle and then you know Alicia touched on the ball playing but Josh Schuster on an edge got a lot of skill and then Homali Olakowatu who we'd hardly seen before this year has been pretty dynamic on the other side as well. Mate, plenty of unsung heroes I think in both these sides in fact the whole weekend and that's what you need I mean every side probably going to have one or two absolute superstars if they're lucky and then a bunch of other, you know, extremely good players. But you need these blokes who just emerge. I mean, Manly with, I think, particularly in their back line with, uh, you know, Harper and Ruben Garrick and guys doing things that we, we really didn't uh, expect of them this year. And, mm. you know, the same with South Sydney. And I think mentioning Benji Marshall, I just think this is this is money time for him. I mean, he's, Wayne Bennett talked up all along that this is the sort of, he had him there to help out during the year when they had players out, but this sort of game and this sort of atmosphere and the way he's been able to use him and his uh, confidence on the big stage, I think um, is, is just going to be a huge benefit for South in this sort of game. Well, I think that's uh, all the form lines. Let's uh, get to the tips, Marty. What do you got? Oh, I think South Sydney, I, I do think the week off is a huge advantage at this time of year. I just, the way they played against Penrith was outstanding. If they deliver that sort of game again, then uh, they'll be winning and getting past that. That preliminary final, as Alicia was talking about, that's a huge, you know, this this is the game you do not want to be losing. It's almost worse than losing the grand final. I think this is, uh, this is the ticket to the big one. You need to at least get there and give yourself a shot. So I think they can take that chance this year and, and move into a grand final. How do you see it panning out, Alicia? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Um, but I think in Manly's advantage, and we alluded to alluded to it before, the fact that they hadn't haven't played each other in a long, long time. And um, you know, as much as you can prepare for a side like Manly, I think, you know, once they're out there, it's it's a much different ball game. So yeah, I've gone with South, but a Manly upset would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I've gone uh, south as well. I think the week off is uh, massive and I'm expecting uh, Cody Walker to have a huge say on the influence of this game. Uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, preliminary final with uh, the Storm and the uh, and the Panthers going at it uh, ahead of the AFL grand final. Marty, uh, this one, uh, a lot of people all year thought this was, uh, you know, going to be the uh, the grand final, but Penrith's uh, upset loss to south, put them on the same side of the draw. Some people saying a grand final come a week early, no matter how you chop it, a, a very interesting clash. Oh, it'll be a fantastic game. It's interesting with Penrith, though, isn't it? Because, that, as you said, a lot of people thought this would be the grand final. Then they got knocked off by South, and then really a lot of people would say they were a bit lucky to scrape through last week. They're not scoring the points that we would expect them to. I think Parramatta did a 
phenomenal job defensively. Um, you know, look, Penrith certainly deserved to be there. It was a tight game and there was plenty of calls that were talked about. But at the end of the day, Parramatta had several chances to, to win it and couldn't do it. But you're just not getting that same explosive attack. I think we spoke about Penrith, about just the previously about maybe some of these guys starting to look a little bit tired and like the the long season has caught up with them. So unless they can find, you know, significantly more points, they are not challenging Melbourne. I don't think they uh, are going to need 20 points minimum and they haven't looked like scoring that the last couple of games. You talk about a few battered and bruised bodies. Uh, Alicia, the Storm looking pretty much close to full strength and rested after a week off. Panthers have got uh, Mitch Kenny uh, certain to not play after rolling his ankle last week. They've got Brian Toto named down in Jersey 21, hoping to, to be a late in, but with some fitness tests to come. Billy Army kick our name to start with question marks over a leg gash and I think an ankle injury uh, for him as well. So um, Penrith, they're going to have to do it the tough way, I guess. Yeah, which is pretty much what they've done all year too, right? I think um, they were banking on the fact that they'd get the last week off and it didn't happen. And suddenly they've got a lot of injury concerns leading into this one. But um look, they'll be pretty tough. You know, they'll, I expect all those guys to play and, um, you know, Brian Toe obviously is the key. Um, just getting out of yard is just something I don't think Penrith did all that well last week um, without him. But um, yeah, a bit like what Marty touched on just with their attack, like that left edge just isn't what it was, you know, six mm. months ago when it first started the year. I, I don't know what it is. I think Vili kick out. I thought that was one of his poorer performances of the year last week um, until he went off. I just thought he was throwing the ball to nobody and missed a couple of tackles. And um, we know that he had a pretty rough performance as well in the grand final. So, you know, you need a guy like him firing at this time of the year. He's their X factor. And I'm expecting a, a much better performance from him this weekend, even if, um, you know, he does come off the bench, which is what he's been doing. But yeah, just something's not clicking at the moment in Penrith's attack. There are only two tries in this final series have come off kicks, which, um, you know, isn't a great sign. But, um, yeah, I think defensively that's obviously where that won, they won that game last week. And, um, you know, if they turn the defence against Melbourne on, we know it could potentially be a really low-scoring game. You make of the storm. Marty, a huge win over Manly week one of the finals, a week off to rest all their bumps and bruises. Then uh, Josh had O'Carr named to return from a, a hammy tweak. Um, things really couldn't look much more settled for uh, Craig Bellamy's men. Uh, great to have that O'Carr back. I think he'll have a, a huge game. I mean, we mentioned it with South. This, this week off, having that week off is just enormous. I mean, it's just... Uh, some teams try to rest up in that final round of the season, um, give some players a rest, and then you get another another break while Penrith went out there and played, I think, probably the most physical game of the year. That was an unbelievable contest against Parramatta. Both their defences were just called on to, you know, they saved so many tries. There were the, the hits were just incredible. It was an awesome game. But, uh, you know, Penrith have got to pick themselves up after that, try and get themselves right while Melbourne sat there and watched the whole thing unfold. So you just cannot put enough uh, of a price on that week off. So... I think Melbourne come in fresher. They're so much more dangerous. I just think even if Penrith get the attack working a little bit better, we just know Melbourne have got a heap of points in them. Threats all over the field. The fact that they can they can interchange, you know, the guys, they're, they're two hookers and how they use them. And then Nico Hines just uh, cooling his jets there on the sideline, waiting for his chance. I think um, Pappenhausen's pretty much back to his best. It's just a, it's a lethal team and it, it would be a, Complete shock, I must say, if they um, if they don't end up making the grand final. I think most of us have had them there the whole year, and 
you would think they're uh, perfectly placed to go on with the job. You're seeing many chinks in the Melbourne armour, Alicia. They obviously lost a close one to Penrith at the start of the year, but it, you know, not only was that a long time ago, but it was before Harry Grant came back from his knee injury. Clear, he missed that one uh, through a head knock. So the teams obviously both evolved since then. They have had two obviously losses to the Eels as well this year. One of those pretty recently. I don't know if there's much of a template there for for Penrith to follow, but I'm not seeing a lot of weaknesses in this Storm side. No, it's um, it's it's a pretty tough assignment for any team, but you know, Penrith have obviously got a bit of a blueprint. They'll go off previous games and um, a bit like that South Manly conversation earlier. Um, the start really is the key. We we've seen Penrith in the uh, sorry Melbourne in the past just blow away a side within twenty minutes, as we saw in the grand final last year. It was all over. But um, look, I'm not tempt- I'm not going to write Penrith off in terms of them scoring the points but um I think if they get their defense on and can really grind out a close game then someone like Nathan Cleary you know we've seen him come up with the big plays and big moments and um you know they've got enough guys there that have had big game experience to do it but um yeah I just feel like this is the grand final of like this is what we all expected it's come a week early but if whoever wins this game I think goes on and wins the competition so um yeah prelims they offer up some you know really strange things and um, you know, I'm not anyone is beatable on the day, but it's going to be a massive game. Like if Penrith are able to do it, it um, it'll be a massive, massive upset. You think about the Storms preparation, Marty. I mean, they, have they been tested enough? The you know the huge win over Manly and then a week off, you know, being far too good for for most teams um, all year. I imagine you know Craig Bellamy more than anyone is going to prevent any complacency uh, creeping in. But is it things are just looking too smooth for them at the moment? If anything. Mm. I guess these are the interesting things that the coaches look at. I mean, I said about Penrith getting bashed last week, but would Craig Bellamy be thinking, wow, that's a great, is that a great preparation to have a game? That was, that was as good as a grand final that game last week. That If that was a grand final, you'd say that was one of the best you'd mm-hmm. seen. So yep. is he looking at that and thinking, oh, that would have been a great build up? Or do you sit back and go, how good is it resting? We're getting everybody right where I just think they're so professional that whatever gets thrown at them, whether they, I mean, they rarely seem to have to go the long way around to the grand final. They're pretty good at uh, mm. getting that week off. And, but yeah, you could say, you know, when you rest some players in the last round, then you don't get a very hard hit out in your first final. So look, I just trust, I would trust Craig Bellamy to, uh, to have it all right. However, he has prepared them over the period The training would have been as tough as it needs to be to have them right. Um, Penrith have just got to stay with them. I really hope if they're in it, at half time and then anything can happen. You just cannot let Melbourne sort of burst out of the blocks, get 12 or 16 points on you. And look, we saw how close Penrith got in the grand final, somehow pulled that back and nearly got away with it. That that won't happen again. If Melbourne get away from them, the game's over. So I wouldn't be too worried about Melbourne. I think they'll be they'll be timed just right and uh, and ready to go. I finish this off with your tip for this one. Oh, look, I think Melbourne are just too too many threats. They're too professional. I just think, I really hope Penn, I hope they go with them. I hope it's a really close game. And preliminary finals deserve to be great contests with so much at stake. But uh, yeah, Storm by about 10, I would say. Who are you taking, Alicia? Well, I had Penrith and South Sydney as my grand final. This was a couple of weeks ago and that's all changed now. But um, look, I will go with Melbourne as well, just purely as Marty says they're just too clinical at the best of times and it would be quite something if they were to uh, I guess butcher this prelim so Melbourne for me 
Yeah, I've got to take the storm as well. Penrith is looking a little bit battered and, and like we said, a bit clunky and, and finding points hard to come by. They're going to need plenty of them, like you said, Marty, against a, a slick Melbourne team that's uh, been epic in defence. That is both of the uh, preliminary finals done and dusted. Can't wait to see it all kick off on Friday night. Marty and Alicia, thank you so much for your time today. We'll be back this time next week to preview the big one. Mm-hmm.